Welcome back to the One Two Kentucky Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Right now, we are prepping for everything that we have going on this summer. That means programming for our teams, but also preparing for our summer interns to get on campus. On today's episode, I have Emilio Medrano, who was a summer intern for us in 2022. Emilio was only on our staff for a short period of time, but he made a positive impact on our program. He is currently a GA at Florida State, and I recently got to reconnect with him at the CSCCA National Conference. One of my favorite things about this year's conference was reconnecting with all the former Kentucky strength and conditioning coaches that we ran into in Orlando. And I hope you enjoy Emilio's and my conversation. You had text messaged me and said that you are thinking about starting a podcast. How did that come up? So I've seen like different staffs have podcasts, right? Like yours. And I think the idea of sharing whatever knowledge you have with other people is awesome. Yeah. Um, but the common thread I kept seeing is it's always, it's always a director, somebody that's established in the field, somebody that's older. And for somebody that's coming up, you feel that disconnect, in my opinion, where yeah. – Obviously, it's still really useful information, but if you could see something or hear something that's more tailored to a younger coach, I think that would be awesome. Um, and so, and when I was interning, actually, I didn't, I couldn't find a lot of information like on interning and like how to be a good intern. Um, so it's something I had thought about for a while. And this friend of mine, we interned together in Florida. He's from Bermuda. So he wants to get a podcast going to grow strength and conditioning as a industry over there. And I want to do it so I can do it from more of a new strength and conditioning coach point of view, a younger strength and conditioning coach, um, and hopefully grow the, the industry uh, internationally as well, because outside of the United States, it's basically non-existent. Yeah. So that's the purpose. Uh, we don't even have a name for it yet, but we're looking at, at mics and softwares, um, and we'll see where it goes. I, the one piece of advice I would give you is we probably yeah. talked about this podcast and we launched this in March of maybe it was late February 2020. So right before the pandemic, Strobus was the one that actually was able to make it click for me because I had no idea mm -hmm. about how to get it on the Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever else there is. Like I didn't right. know that I had the vision, but he was the one that was able to actually put it into play. And then the next thing I kept thinking about was, all right, I, I still had um, women's basketball at the time, which take which took up a lot of my time. So I was like, hey, maybe it's not the right time. Maybe I need to wait until things slow down. And that's never the case. So it was soon right. as you guys figure out your microphone situation, what software you're going to use, how it all yeah. works, hop right into it and just start figuring it out as you go. Because uh, yeah. I know <laughs> originally – we're recording this. Uh, you're at Florida State. You're in Tallahassee. I'm in Lexington right now. We're recording this over Zoom, which is super simple because I don't have to pay anything mm -hmm. for it because the university provides the uh, the Zoom app for us. But originally, you know, Strobus and I were looking at, uh, you know, different softwares to record everything on. And we bought all this this equipment, these microphones that we don't use mm -hmm. at all. Like I texted you, I oh, bought really? this, this uh, USB microphone from Walmart for like 40 bucks. bucks. And this was the best thing yeah. <laughs> that I've got for the podcast in regards to audio quality. So right. it's as soon as you figure out some of the small stuff, hop right into it and you guys will uh, 
do a great job. I like that concept though, because just like you said, there's a lot of people that have a podcast, but they're coming at it from, you know, my perspective as, you know, somebody that's been right. in the industry, industry for almost 20 years now, you're younger, you got some thoughts, you got some ideas, you've learned a lot as you've been to Florida, Kentucky, and now at Florida State. So I, I love that concept. What What does your friend do in Bermuda? So he's also a strength and conditioning coach, and he's working with the national soccer team over there. And a lot of high school athletes that want to make the transition to college in the United States or into the professional sector. Um, so, and again, we intern together. So there's a lot of, of thoughts that we share, but he's more of a private practice now, whereas I'm still full into the collegiate sector. So I think it would be good to have like that, that mix. And we're both international and we're both young. Yeah. So I think it'd work really well. I love that idea. I love that it's, it's new, it's innovative. And that's what you've always brought to the tables, but let's talk about that. So, just a quick intro on you. Actually, this won't be a quick intro, but uh, let's talk about yeah. where you're from. Where are you from originally, and then your path yeah. to get to where you are now at Florida State? Yeah, so it's a bit of a long story, but I was born in El Salvador, bounced around Central America a couple a couple times, lived in uh, four other countries, and throughout those, I always played different sports. I was really liked it. Started with soccer as a goalkeeper. I really enjoyed it. Then moving into tennis, which was probably my favorite one out of all of them. Um, but it was at a, at a private academy and it was far away and it was expensive. So my mom said, you know, just do something you can do at your school. So I moved into basketball. Also really enjoyed that. Um, hello. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Also really enjoyed that. And, um, kept doing it, but at home, there's no, there's no collegiate sports and there's, being a, a professional athlete really isn't feasible. Like the, the resources just aren't there. Um, so I kept focusing on academics and I got a scholarship to go to, to Canada and um, finished high school there. And I started lifting weights because nobody there played sports. Like it was a very small school. So I started lifting weights on my own. Uh, I actually had an activity where we like coached some of our, of our classmates, which is really interesting. Me and my roommate, um, and so at the time, I thought I wanted to go into physical therapy. Um, and so I chose Florida as, as a college because of it's a big sports school. It was giving me good financial aid. And I hoped to be able to develop this into something more practical there. Uh, so I got there, started doing research on shoulder pain with uh, a physical therapist from the university and realized really fast that I needed a little bit more energy and a little bit more I don't know, activity maybe yeah. from, from my profession. So um, I thought maybe athletic training is more directed to sports. Uh, so I contacted all, I just emailed all the head coaches at Florida and uh, the women's basketball one got back to me and said, we just got a new strength coach, which is coming from Florida State actually. And uh, if you help her in the weight room, we'll be able to get you with the athletic trainer soon enough. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll just do it, you know, for however long it's necessary for me to do it. And um I realized pretty soon that it was, it was a good fit for me. You know, the energy is there. Uh, the, the, the people interaction is there. Um, you're able to interact with bigger groups at one time. And I kept doing it for about two years. I, I helped with basketball and Olympic sports. And uh, yeah, that's how I decided to stay with the profession. I love it. Now, what did you get your degree in at Florida? Exercise science. Okay. So you got exercise science degree. When did you take your CSCS? 
That would have been 2022, I want to say, early in 2022. So right before you got and to so Kentucky. I, yeah, yeah, but I didn't officially get certified until I graduated. Yeah. But I had passed the exam, you know, a couple months before. So after, so you were finishing up your degree at Florida, you applied for our internship. I think the biggest thing mm -hmm. I remember from your application material, and we make everybody submit their resume references, and then a 60 second video describing why they want to be a part of our program, but, but, but a strength yeah. coach. And I know you applied probably mid January because you wished me happy birthday. Do you remember <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I was looking at the guys' Instagram page, which is also something I want to get into here yep. at Florida State, by the way. I think yours is really well developed. But uh, I saw that they had posted you, and I figured, like, oh, I'll just, you know, throw it in there as a little extra. Hopefully nobody else uh, in my applying class did that. Nobody else did, but this is what <laughs> it did. It made you stand out just a little bit because when we're going through videos, and we usually get a lot of applicants, especially early on right. in the semester. So if you're able to do something, whether it's with your resume or the video that we ask our candidates to submit that makes you stand yeah. out in a positive way, I, I mean, that just helps us remember who you are and be like, all right, let's, you know, this guy might lack X, Y, and Z, but hey, let's at least give him an interview because he seems like he's positive or he has this that we need to uh, bring on to our staff. So yeah. that was a good thing for you. And then you came to Kentucky awesome. the summer of 2022. Um, yeah. did your time with us. You did a great job as a summer intern. Thank you. And then you already had your position lined up at Florida State. Is that, is that right? That's correct. Yes. So that leads you to where you are now as a graduate assistant at Florida State. Let's talk through and you're pretty much finished up your first um, academic year, um, athletic year with FSU working mm -hmm. with men's tennis. That's your main team, correct? That's correct. And what other sports do you work with or assist with? So I directly assist with vo both volleyball, so beach and indoor. And I'm also just started working with football recently, helping with their specialists this past oh, really? semester. And I'll help them. Yeah, I help them uh, this, this summer as well. Um, I think they have very different ideas to Olympic sports. And uh, a lot of times we don't cooperate uh, as much as I think we, we could. Yeah. And here we still share a building. And the staff gets along really well. And so the opportunity is there. And so, again, I, I contacted them. I checked with my boss and everybody, you know, is fine with that. So I'm more than excited to, to be helping them as well. Um, and then just anybody else that I can really in the, in the weight room, as well as uh, soccer practice, doing catapult for them. Um, I did that with basketball at Florida. And uh, I just want to, you know, keep on helping them with uh, either in games or in practice. Really mainly so I just keep a, keep a hold of the technology. So you got a lot going on, and it's all great stuff that's going to be very valuable for your resume. You have you know a team that you're in charge of, men's tennis. You're assisting mm -hmm. with volleyballs. You're working with football at a high level. Um, you have the sports science background with Catapult. All that's awesome. How did it work out with you balancing that and schoolwork this past, this past year? So the schoolwork wasn't as heavy, I think. I was just able to do it on the weekends and obviously go to class during the week. Yeah. Um, but I found that's what worked best for me. I really like getting work done in the morning. And so I would wake up, you know, get whatever 
quote unquote office work. I had to do programming or reading this or reading that, getting back to emails. Um, and then I would go about my day, uh, you know, go to classes. And then by the time the day's over, I'm exhausted. And so it's a lie <laughs> that I'm going to go home and, you know, oh, now I'm going to put on my, my student cap and do homework. Like that's for me, that's not possible. Yeah. Uh, so I go to bed like at eight or at nine, which I started doing uh, in, in Lexington, actually. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday, I get meal prep, laundry and schoolwork is the way I did it this past two uh, semesters. And it worked out pretty well. Just one A minus. <laughs> That's that's pretty awesome, Amelia. What yeah. what will uh what are you getting your degree in at Florida State? Sports sciences. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So reflecting back on your time at Kentucky this past summer, um, what are some of the things that you took away from our internship that are now helping you uh, be such a um, impactful member of the Florida State strength and conditioning staff? I think the the main one was thinking of myself as a as a professional and as a, as a coach, if that makes sense. And not just as an intern, um, coming out of Florida, I was interning somewhere where I was already living at and I was already studying at, and my dorm was 10, 10 minutes walking to the basketball facility, five minute bike ride to the Olympic sports facility. So it all, it always felt like it was right there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but now having to move somewhere exclusively for, for work and having to leave my friends that were still in Gainesville um, and I'm not studying. And so like, this is a, my focus right now um, really helped me make that transition from internship to graduate assistantship. Um, and, and the, the, the schedule you guys have for us as interns at, at Kentucky is so thought out and so regimented. I, it just, lends itself really well to making that transition to oh wow like this is this is what i want to do for the rest of my life so i better do it really well you know and so i think that's the the, the main thing and with all the readings and the assignments and the staff presentations yeah again just thinking of yourself as a, as a professional was the biggest takeaway awesome so i think strobus posted it on our uh staff instagram page yesterday but our 2023 summer intern class that we're prepping for them. We pretty much yeah. got everything laid out. Um, we know we're just fine tuning some things, but it, we're 12 days out from them getting on campus. Mm -hmm. If you were in a room with them, what advice would you give them um, based on your experience with us last summer? What pieces of advice would you give to our um, incoming summer interns? Just to, to plan ahead. Um, I think when you first get there, it seems like this, the internship is going to be so long and you, you just got there. It's day one or, or, you know, before day one. Um, but it goes by really, really fast. And so I think before you start, think what do you want to be doing once the internship is over, right? Like, do I want to stay on as a, as an assistant? Do I want to be a graduate assistant somewhere else? Am I going to have an internship somewhere else? Um, and I think that's going to determine how you act every day in the internship, because if I have no plan, I'm just kind of going along with whatever I feel like that day. But if I know I need to perform excellently because I want to, I, I want them to hire me on as an assistant, then every day, maybe even if I didn't sleep well, or if I'm tired or whatever, I have that goal in mind. Right. Um, so like you said, for me, I knew I was going to be a graduate assistant at Florida state. So I knew my, my, my goal was 
to learn as much as I can from here to carry it on to my first uh, paid position. And, and again, I, I think that's going to carry you every day. Awesome. Great advice. So um, you've been on my mind recently because I got to see you at the CSCCA National Conference. Right. Um, and even as you're talking through your responsibilities at Florida State, you're assisting with volleyball and beach volleyball. Their primary strength coach is Shannon, correct? Correct. And Shannon was an intern with us a long time ago. I'm trying to think. Yeah. It was probably 2014, maybe 2015, where she was mm -hmm. with us at Kentucky. And I think that was the best part of the CSCCA conference for me was getting to see people like you, our former interns um, mm. that just left us, you know, left less than a year ago. But then I also got to see Shannon, who, you know, was with us a while ago and then everybody in between. Um, I think that was my favorite part was reconnecting with everybody because because of COVID and budget cuts that we've had here. This was the mm. first time in a long time that Coach DeVrent and myself and some of the other staff members were able to go to that conference and uh, see those people that we haven't, you know, seen face to face in probably a while. But this was mm. your first CSCCA National Conference. What was your perception of it? Did it live up to your expectations? Just kind of give me your overall thoughts. So I thought I was going to go and I wasn't going to know a lot of people. And I was going to, you know, learn some cool things. And that was going to be it. Um, it exceeded my expectations in the sense that I knew more people than I thought I did. And so, like you said, right, like seeing the the Kentucky tree, if you want to call it that way, yeah. like people that interned there, uh, Coach BMAC, for example, and that Co Becky that interned with me. Um, and then Coach Shannon was there as well. And, you know, I'm working with her now. And I have, I had never been in the same room with with you and her at the same time. So that was cool to like make that connection. Yeah. Um, and so realizing again, that I, I know more people than I, than I thought in the industry. And that also I'm only like one degree removed from a way more um, was really impactful um, realization, I guess, because you know, your director knows other directors and, but it, again, it doesn't really click until you, you're in a room and, and you realize that they know like everybody and you also know a couple of people. Um, so that was really cool. And um, it was a good reminder as well of how much I don't know in terms of strength and conditioning and continued education. Uh, a lot of the talks, you know, I had very little idea of, or I knew maybe half of what they were talking about, but they expanded upon that. Um, so in, in both of those areas, I think it just expanded or went beyond what I expected in terms of continued education and uh, networking. Yeah. I, I, going back to that, even as you're talking, so you, I think we were at um, the Sornex after party. I think it was after mm -hmm. the first night and was there with you and then Becky. And then even thinking about Becky, her two bosses are former Kentucky strength coaches as well. So you're right. Yeah. As much as you said, like, hey, you thought you were going to go and you weren't going to know too many people, you know, even though I've been in this business for a while, I kind of have that same thought each time I go to a conference. And then seeing you uh -huh. guys and seeing how far our the branches of our tree spread out. And it's so cool to see some of our younger strength coaches that have come through our program recently. Now they're working with or for um, some of our strength coaches that were with us a long time ago. 
uh, man, that just puts a smile on my face. And that just is something super cool to see as you get older in this profession. Uh, but going back to the presentations, um, what were some of your takeaways from the presentations that you attended or maybe some of your favorites? The main takeaway for me was that I want to be up there someday. Um, you know, I'm just a graduate assistant right now. There's a lot that I don't know, uh, but I think in a couple of years, I would be more than happy to step on stage and, you know, share whatever. Um, I think I have something to share on and, you know, for whoever wants to listen, um, I'd be really happy to do that. Um, I also was reminded of, of how, how good a good presentation can be, uh, if that makes sense. Um, especially with uh, Coach Joey's presentation from FAU, he did such a good job at like being passionate on his presentation. And I also really enjoyed how everything he does is, is research-backed and is tested. Um, so it's not just his opinion. It's just, this is what I do. This is the research article that backs it. These are the tests where I've seen these ideas uh, make improvements. So I, I thought that was really, really awesome. Um, and again, so entertaining and it kept everybody engaged and you didn't even realize the hour or however long the presentation was, was over. It just went by so fast. Um, Coach Norell's presentation also from the Australian Strength and Conditioning Association was really good talking about um, seeing tennis athletes move. And that's something me and the coaches here have spoken about before when I'm on a match day, uh, watching the guys and, and seeing if I can individualize their program based on what I see talking with the coaches about what I saw. Do they agree? Maybe not. Do they talk to the athlete? Do they agree? Um, this is what I want to do with the program to fix that. I think um, that generates a lot of buy-in really quickly because it, it tells the athlete, look, I'm, I'm watching you when you're playing and this is what I noticed. And it gives them also some input into the program, right? Because I say, this is what I want to do. What do you think? most of the time just go, yeah, like that sounds good. Or they can say, oh, actually, I also feel this. Can we do something for that? And then, yeah, for sure. Right. And so again, that presentation is also really good in um, expanding on that idea of, of, of watching athletes uh, in their movement. Um, and finally coach Donnie's presentation, I really enjoyed from Texas. Uh, the importance of posture. I'm working on getting my um, corrective extract specialist certification with through NASA soon. And that was basically all he was talking about. And it's just so good and so practical and how many aches and pains can be, can be solved by having very basic understanding of how different muscles are related to each other and how tension in one muscle can cause an ache or a pain in a muscle up or down the, the chain. Um, really interesting stuff. And again, he was also very engaging and it was a practical presentation, so to speak. And so he had somebody that he was, uh, using as a as a demo, so to speak, and he encouraged people to get up and, and see, and he had different implements. Um, so it wasn't just a slideshow. He was doing stuff like in front of you. And again, that was also a really, really good presentation. Yeah, I love the combination of if all the presentations are us just sitting there looking at a screen and a slideshow, it, it is what it is. And that can be great, especially if you're going over right. um, research and um, things trying to explain, you know, the science behind things. But I love it when we're able to get up, try it ourselves, uh, be more hands on. Uh, I think a combination of both those types of presentations are solid. But what I'm going to say is yeah. going back to your thought of starting a podcast where you're a younger strength coach right now. 
Um, you want to be able to get your thoughts and your opinions out to the world, being in the position you are now in regards to speaking at a conference, whether it's, you know, locally in Florida, whether it's nationally at the CSCCA conference, keep that in mind that, Hey, I'm starting this podcast for this reason. Maybe I could provide, um, some solid information to younger strength coaches out there by presenting at a, uh, at a conference, no matter what scale it is, regional or national. Mm -hmm. So. Don't feel like you you got to wait five years or 10 years to have the credibility to get up there and speak at the podium. I think you would be great um, giving your thoughts and opinions based off the information that you're going to be giving from the podcast that you start. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. And again, if you want to listen, I'm I'm happy to talk. So yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll find a I'll find a time for that. Love it. So let's you know, starting your podcast is one of your goals in the in the short term. But let's talk through some mm-hmm. of your other short term goals and even long term goals in this profession. So I'm graduating actually uh, in July. So already I'll be done with my master's. Wow! Um, so in that's one year, be exciting. Like essentially yes. one year. Wow! One year and it's it's done. So that's exciting. Um, so and I'll be staying on as an assistant for at least one more year. Um, and so now I'm looking on getting into a PhD program and advancing my studies that way. Hopefully I can get it done here. If not, um, getting into a PhD program in another university where I can also be a strength coach. Um, what would you like that emphasis to be in your PhD? Uh, I am not sure yet, but I really enjoy working with force plates. Okay. Um, so anything a- along the force plate lines or something I've become really interested recently is, uh, lateral displacement so moving moving in the frontal plane so important for tennis athletes um and but a lot of time we just focus on up and down movements um and and, you know squatting jumping um all very important but i think it 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 comes from maybe other sports where that's more relevant maybe like volleyball or track where putting force directly down into the ground is is really important and impactful but again in a sport like tennis where you need to move laterally as well there's, there's not a lot out for that, um, at least not as far as I've come across. Um, so that would be really cool. Actually, uh, P3 just released a, a paper recently um, comparing results of a counter, lateral counter-movement jump and shuffling performance in elite basketball players. So seeing something like that just kind of sparked the idea in my mind that there's more in that rabbit hole, if that makes sense. Because as far as they were saying, you know, this is one of the first one of the first papers to look at movement in the frontal plane. Um, and so, again, it's still in the early stages. I don't know if that would be enough to get a whole PhD on that, um, but it's certainly something I'd, I would be interested in and in, in any, any other of the of the technologies as well. We use WHOOP here at Florida State, and it's super useful just to be able to see what, um, like how athletes are sleeping and uh, maybe some habits we can, we can coach them up on, you know, the other – 23 hours they aren't around with us, what impact nutrition has on that and all these things. Um, and it's something the sports science lab here at Florida State uh, is interested in. And we have so much data because we've been using it for years. So that's another potential one. I Let's know. talk about that real quick. So that's something I'm interested in. So with WHOOP, is it just with your tennis program? Do all the athletes have a WHOOP band? How, do, how does it work logistically? So most athletes have a WHOOP band. I think most most teams have it um and the way it works is each strength coach takes care of their team's whoop data if that makes sense yep so 
and, and, and this is how most of us work, but in my particular case, um, the guys have their boot band on if they remember to charge it. And in the morning, it syncs to the cloud and then I can see the data on, on the website. Uh, and I can see, for example, all right, Spurlock slept 70% of his sleep need, for example. Um, do you, you know, get an right. absolute, do you get an absolute number like, hey, they slept seven hours and 35 minutes, or is it just a percentage of their recovery or whatever it spits out? So you get both. So you, okay. so you get uh, sleep in hours and percentage of need, and then you also get their previous day strain, and then you also get a recovery score, which the recovery score is, is based on HRV as well as sleep and yep. their skin temperature, blood oxygen levels, a couple other things. Um, but you can also look at the HRV, uh, the raw HRV score. Um, I find the recovery score, because it has so many factors in it, is a little bit more, more complicated and, and sometimes hit or miss. Um, but the sleep is one that's it's very reliable and is very controllable for the most part. Um, so I really like looking at that. And uh, so I get that information and I put it uh, on a report for the coaches and um, I get averages for the guys. So this is John's, you know, seven day average for sleep and, and for recovery. Um, if you're seeing a downtrend, for example, in the past three days, you can say hey, maybe we should check in because obviously we all have nights where we just don't sleep well or nights where you slept well and for some reason you just don't feel good. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's happening over a period of three days, then it's becoming a trend and you probably have something going on. Maybe you're getting sick. Maybe you're really stressed out about something happening, you know, at home, or maybe uh, you have a big test coming up. So you, you know, even if you sleep well, you just haven't been able to to rest or you're, you're not adapting to the training. Well, a bunch of things that, that that's where the, where it invites a conversation and, and the, the number just isn't enough. The technology is not enough. You need that human element. Um, so we keep track of things like that. And it, it really lets us look at, again, the keyword he would whoop is trends and, and look at the trends in, in, in a semester. So one thing I looked at was how do we sleep on the road, for example. And we found that we weren't doing a good job at sleeping the day before we traveled. And that wasn't putting us in a good position to fulfill our sleep need the day before match day. Um, and so, you know, make a couple graphs for the guys and think of, of ways to present it so that it's engaging. Um, and the next time we traveled, we saw a, a, a little bit of better sleep, you know, again, the, the night the night before traveling. Um, so, so things like that, Whoop is very useful on. It's not necessary, but it's certainly very useful. Love it. Great information. That's cool how you guys are using it. That's great. Any other long-term goals that you got for yourself that you've thought through besides pursuing that PhD? Yeah, being a director is the is the the, the longest term goal, I suppose. Um, at least uh, as far as strength and conditioning is concerned. Uh, yeah. One of the reasons I want to get a PhD is so I can teach after, you know, whenever I run out of energy. Uh, I, I think one day this this level of enthusiasm is not going to be sustainable, and then I'll go into teaching, uh, which is partly what I want a PhD for. But as far as strength and conditioning is concerned, um, again, like I said, thinking of myself as a professional was one of the things I got from the Kentucky internship, and seeing how evolved you are and how 
you know, you have the podcast going on and how involved you are with the internship program. And, you know, at the director level, like nobody's forcing you to be involved with the internship program, right? With mm -hmm. somebody who doesn't even know, I don't know, up from down, you know, that they're, they're just coming in, they're coming in new. There's so many mistakes that us as new interns make, everybody makes them. Um, you could very easily be removed from that and say, you know what, I'll just let, you know, the graduate assistant take care of it because I have other stuff going on. Um, but, you know, seeing the way you're so involved with it, that we just want to help out, be involved with the staff, have a cohesive staff, be a good leader, have the staff get, get involved with reading different books, the interns reading different books, talking about the books, and again, just improving the staff. And it's something that my director here, Coach Angeles, also does so well, just always wanting to help. Again, things that as a director, nobody would be upset if she didn't do, you know, like if, if you just had a group, she's going to help you wipe, wipe down uh, the benches. Or if you are going through something, she'd be the first one to like set, set time aside to sit down with you and, and uh, you know, maybe talk it through, get a cup of coffee or something. Again, just going above and beyond the, the director responsibilities as you and, and her do um, is very motivating um, and very attractive. Is a very attractive position for me, you know, years down the line. And so, you know, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get there, but whenever, where, whenever it is, that's, that's the ultimate goal, being the director and just helping out the staff and the athletes as much as I can. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Emilio, appreciate you coming on the podcast today. We've been going for about 30 minutes now. Great conversation. It was great seeing you at the conference. Um, I think you exemplify everything that is a part of our internship program where you came in with enthusiasm, you made an impact on our staff, your fellow interns, our student athletes are in your time here. We equipped you with as much as we could in regards to the, the two months that you were with us and the knowledge that uh, we tried to instill in you. And then obviously you're at Florida State right now continuing to do great things and you got some awesome plans for yourself for the future. So know that we're proud of you. And thanks again for coming on today. Thank you. Everybody out there listening, if you got any feedback for us, do not hesitate to email us at ukstrength at uky.edu. Thanks and go Cats and go Knowles. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. <laughs>